You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. I find women sometimes that I just fall in love with immediately. I'm like, how can I know you? How can I be around you? What do I have to do to work with you? Can you be my best friend? Will you adopt me? And can I be you in the next life? (laughs) And that is exactly how I feel about today's guest. Kelly Brock, and I'm not biased because she has the same name. Wrong spelling though. She spells it with a Y. What are you doing, Kel? Kelly Brock is everything. I saw her the first time on the mastermind that we were in together. And I looked at her beautiful face through the zoom lens and I was like, what? Who is this woman? She glows. She radiates love. She is just so wonderful. And I am not just hyping her up because I think she's great. I'm telling you guys, you need to know Kelly Brock. She calls herself a peace and business coach, which I love. But here's the thing. Kelly moves me with her words and her stories and the way she shares herself. She is someone who completely resonates as a people pleaser, I would say recovering people pleaser, and let me live my life for other people, and a perfectionist, and someone who grinds. She understands that game so well. She did it amazingly. And then she said, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. And she teaches women how to find peace and create peace in their lives, not to be on this constant search for the moment that will finally allow me to be happy. Kelly is just so wonderful at creating a foundation of joy and happiness and peace in your life, which then trickles into your business. Your business does not run you. You dictate what your life looks like and the energy you bring to it. And I am just so grateful for all of the things that she shared today. I joked during the episode, but I told her, I said, I feel like I should be paying you for a coaching session right now. (laughs) It's that good. Uh, We talk about the physical manifestations that came up for her in her previous career and the red flags that she was seeing that she needed to get out because she was not taking care of herself and what it's like chasing other people's highlight reels and how confidence comes from honoring ourselves. She said, I gave myself away. She gave herself away. And I'm sure that so many of you feel like that at some point in your life. I know I definitely have and sometimes still do. She talks through being the anxious achiever, that she was too busy to be still. And this moment, when you hear this in the episode, I really want you to sit with it. She says, the universe is saying, I need you to hear me. So pausing and taking a break is not bad. It is just the universe asking you to listen. That we're not broken because we need space. We talk through her relationship with her husband. They've been together forever and they're adorable and completely opposite. And she shares how she navigates all of that. And she's just a remarkable woman. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, I will stop praising her. (laughs) Here's Kel. Oh, Kel, I'm so happy to do this with you. I just love you. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you are just so special. And I I feel like I barely know you, but also totally know you. Um, Being in a mastermind together, you get very intimate very quickly. But I just like from the moment I saw you, I was like, I need to know this woman. I need to be in her energy. 
you are one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. And I still haven't even <laughs> met you in real life. I'm like, when I hug her for the first time, I think I might, <laughs> if you want to be a lesbian with me, that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but no, you are just remarkable. And I really, I resonate so much with everything you talk about. Like you write something and I feel it deeply mm. and it's either something I've gone through before or I'm currently going through. Um, and I'm just so grateful because I feel like you're one of those people who you're just so raw and vulnerable and you're trailblazing and you're setting examples in real life. And you don't you're not afraid to share who you really are and what you're going through. And I think as much as, you know, everyone's so vulnerable on Instagram and people are not really that vulnerable. You're you are that <laughs> way in a real way. And so yeah. I just want to to thank you for being here because you have impacted me so much in just a short amount of time. So I'm so happy that thank everyone you. gets to hear from you. Oh man, I felt the exact same. I mean, the energy was a total exchange because I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> I need to know her. And I think what we see is of the same pursuit, which is I want to be authentically myself and I want to give others permission to do that, that same thing. And how can I live this beautiful, meaningful, successful, personally defined life evolve in it and do great work. I mean, what I love about you is you do real work. You do real leadership. We, like there's so much online that is just stuff that does not matter. And I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm like, I'm like not willing to be a part of even a wasted conversation with anyone who does not have something to say that matters. And so I think we met each other and our souls knew that about each other. And so I'm just honored to, to, hang out today and to contribute to your listeners. Thank you so much. So I want to start with, um, I feel like we're in a generation where we believe that we have to try really hard mm. and it has cultivated this mindset of doing and mm -hmm. the never enoughness and climbing this ladder that we've all created for ourselves, whatever that looks like, however high it goes. And you go up the ladder and it's achievement by achievement and it's never good enough. And you're keep, you keep going and searching for this thing at the top. And I don't even know that any of us know what that thing is, Yeah. but you don't feel like someone who tries you show up. So I want to know maybe from like an inside perspective and then a bird's eye view of what's going on in your world that has allowed you to become someone who can show up genuinely and be present and peaceful and successful without the trying and the doing all the time. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that reflection. And let me be an encouragement to everyone who's listening is I wasn't always that way. Um, my part of my story is that I spent 10 years um, building a really successful business and network marketing. And I loved it. Um, but I found myself chasing you know, the inner hustler inside, <laughs> trying to pretend and to perform and to achieve and to uh, be liked and adored and admired and all of the things that, I mean, it was a, it was this daily race of, please tell me I matter. Please tell me I'm worth it. And what ended up happening for me was I was so unaware that I was on that, that wheel um, my body started manifesting in anxiety and depression. And I am one of the most positive people you'll ever know. And I found myself going like going to a counselor and going to doctors and they'd be like, so what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know why I can't breathe or why 
I'm having these symptoms or why I'm having rage or why I'm feeling alone or all of these things. And because of that, it was my body stopping me and saying, pay attention to me. And so because of that, I started this whole um, personal journey of finding peace and understanding what I was made for and having the courage to go after that. And so the way that I show up now is always through this filter of who is this for and why do they care and why does this matter to me? Is this real? And showing that one of one of the things that I love to do is to talk about the crap that's happening in the background as a business owner and a leader and an entrepreneur in a relationship, all these things, because I was chasing all these other people's highlight reels and trying to live up to that. Like it, it was devastating for me. And I was going to die trying because for me, after every accomplishment, there was a new goal. After every accomplishment, I did it. Yay. Here I am. It was I always say it was pleasure, but it wasn't fulfillment. Did I enjoy it? Was it that moment I'd been waiting for? It was, and then it went away. And so I've started asking myself consistently, what do I want to contribute to? Like literally with my whole life, what do I want to contribute to? And I only try to show up in a way that aligns to this bigger thing I want to be a part of. And I mean, you know this, Kelly, it's a messy journey on the way there. And anyone who's not showing the mess, they're hiding it. Like we're humans. It's a part of our human experience. So I just want to be, I want to be a woman who is showing what it looks like to have fulfillment and be in pursuit of that. And it's okay. The, the messy middle that comes with it. What do you think you were in pursuit of before? Uh, destination. I thought there was going to be this real point of arrival. Like I've arrived and <laughs> now I know, and I love myself and my marriage is great. And we just, and the business is built and I can breathe. I was always saying just one more deadline, one more goal, one more podcast, one more, whatever it was. And then I was putting off this life that I wanted to live for the, because I thought it was on the other side of finishing these things that were in front of me. But what I woke up to in myself was, I literally don't love my daily life. Like all we really have is the 24 hours that we're in. And I was like, what is the point if I am constantly delaying what I want? And so I was pursuing this thing that like does not exist or it doesn't exist for long. There's, I mean, life moves forward, goals change, and there's always the next level or dimension. And so I was chasing that for so long that I woke up to the fact that all I have is today. And what would it look like for me? You know, you said something in the beginning. And I thought one of the things that shifted for me energetically that I think you feel about me and that I hope that I put off to others is confidence. That confidence only comes because I feel like we lack confidence because we aren't doing the tiny little gestures that honor ourselves. So I, when I went to this, I remember going to this doctor and being like, he was like, you, you have anxiety and depression. I was like, uh, how, why? And I realized I had given myself away in tiny little shifts and it was the way I was going to win myself back. So when I turn off my phone at night, when I get off Instagram stories, when I 
produce something and put it out there and close it down. I want to rest my head on the pillow at night and be like, you, this is who you wanted to be. And you showed up and lived her today. That confidence comes from being in integrity and alignment with those little tiny moments that honor what we really feel about ourselves. That's where I feel like confidence comes from. I love that you say that. I want to talk more about like building this life that you want for yourself and not putting it off. I think that oftentimes a lot of people who maybe they're just stepping into entrepreneurial ways or they're just building their business or whatever it is, they're like, that all sounds great, but I have to pay the bills. So Mm. yes, I would love to have my day, that 24 hours be the way I really want it and desire it that feels good and peaceful and, and fulfilling and pleasurable. And at the same time, my Etsy shop needs to make money and I am grinding to try and make this happen. So how do we balance this being in creation, making stuff happen while also having the life that we truly desire? Yeah. I I mean, I'd love your feedback on that too. But for me, um, January of 2020, I walked away from my entire network marketing career to start my own business. Uh, Like not a dollar in the bank, like not, not anything. And so I get the hustle, like this has to pay my bills. but what was important to me was that I, I just honestly believed there had to be a way that I could love my life in process. Because I think what we forget is the result that we experience is only a result of the sum of its parts. So if I am in messy pursuit of this destination, right? Like Kelly, if you're building a business that looks like grinding and not taking care of your body and not sleeping and and not being with friends and all that stuff, you get to this day where you made six figures or you made, you know, half a million and you look around and it's empty because you burnt all the things that mattered to you on the way. And so, although you need, there's a season for putting your head down and working. I think for me, it's looking like staying in relationship with myself, like actually being in reflection. Hey, what's working? What do I need? There are moments that we need rest and it doesn't have to look like a week vacation that we can afford when we're making six figures, but you might need to breathe and take a break and spend time with friends and all those things. If it's not happening for you on the way, it's not going to be there for you at the end. And so that feels important for me that I keep helping people understand to align and need and how they want to end the process because you're going to hate the experience on the, on the outcome. Yeah. And I think too, the, the lesson I learned in this is I made my business all about me last year. I was the center of it. Everything had to go through me, come from me. Not that I was doing everything. Of course, I have an amazing team, but I was not delegating the way I could have. And I wanted to be the center because it made me feel important and valued. Mm. And when I let go of that and realized I want to create something that is so fulfilling and so wonderful for so many people that it's not just because of me or about me, that's when the business took off. And it's so funny that we create dynamics based on insecurity and fear. Mm -hmm. And that actually instills more fear and resistance within your own business or your brand or whatever it is you're creating. And when you let go of that, and you release that fear and you step into trust, it is 
magical the way things can open up for you. And it's that flip of I am in trust. I believe in myself. I believe in my team. I believe in my product or my offering and what I've created. And I know that I've built a foundation to make this happen. And now I let go. Mm. One of the things that shifted for me, because I was a grindaholic, I was a workaholic before I was so thirsty to, I called it an anxious achiever. It was like, please tell me I'm worth it. I was hustling for my worthiness. And one of the things that shifted for me was this morning quiet time that I do every single day. Because if I am left to myself, I'm, I'm quick to hustle for your approval again. I am quick to perform and um, to do all these things that my ego wants. So if I don't set her straight in the morning, right? And sit with her and say, what would the best version of myself look like? Today. And I sit with that. I go, man, what is it that I want most? And what I want is laughter. What I want is love. What I want is to contribute something that matters. Like it's amazing when you slow down and you go, I actually do care about stuff. And then I ask myself, and how would I show up as her today? So when I start to sit with that, it sets my intentions for the day. And then my actions can just align. That's honestly, fundamentally how I feel like I changed my whole life because I've built a more successful business this last year, doing it through my peace and purpose, fueling my profit, then vice versa. Um, and I've done it and, and loved the process. Has it been messy and hard? I mean, God, that's life. Like it's going to happen. But I feel like when I have set my intentions in the morning and then I ask myself, and how would I act in agreement to that? Those are the moments that I'm showing up um, that feel aligned, that feel like I'm honoring myself, that's doing great work. And a friend of mine just told me recently, she was saying the energy, the hurts that come off in your body when you give something is actually the same hurts that the vibration of receiving comes. Mm. So to give and receive is literally the same energy vibration. So if we would actually slow down to say, what would it look like to give and contribute in my work today? Not what do I need to make? What do I need to produce? What could I do possibilities? It's going, what would a great contribution look like? And then when we give that, it's always met with the same energy. It's just so funny. I mean, we think it's like, I mean, I know you believe it all the woo too. Like it's out, it's real, whether you want to believe it or not. So if you just start aligning to it and testing it, it's just powerful to see how it's received with the same energy it was offered. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. It gives me such a beautiful picture of like that energy movement and cycling Mm -hmm. through and allowing if, as we are giving and allowing ourselves to receive so much at the same time and not Mm -hmm. halting that process and that exchange. I want to know what it is you do when you feel like you're out of alignment though. And or not feeling peaceful and you're feeling maybe chaotic or on edge, what does that processing look like? Oh my gosh. Can we just be real? That happens like all the time. (laughs) I almost need to remind myself, like this is going to happen once a month. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. Like (laughs) I'm going to feel out of alignment because it, it's just real. And I wish we would normalize that because I think sometimes we think something's wrong with us or we go, what's wrong? I had it all together. I was feeling so in flow when again, it's that sensitivity and connection to yourself. And 
So I know for me, re-engaging with that great energy is exactly that. It's I'm going, Kelly, how can you re-engage? What do we know that works that helps you feel really in energetic flow? And for me, that's taking time and space away from social media. God, it is noisy on here, right? It's just noisy. It's noisy. And so I get away. I ask myself powerful questions. I journal. I sit in nature. I read. I I just like have to get quiet because the noise of our relationships and our worlds and our businesses and all of that, they can put such pressure on us to feel like we're not allowed to take the space and time that we need. Like we cannot avoid this relationship with ourselves, with our bodies, with our spirit that is trying to direct us. And I know I get out of alignment when I've been too busy to be still, when I've been too busy to be uh, quiet. And that is usually my number one strategy for re-engaging. And it's my number one strategy for ever falling out of that. Because I feel like it's just normal that we would experience that because we're humans. But it's how quickly we can pivot back into our alignment again. Mm. Are you one of those people who I've gotten to a point where when I'm breaking down and like shit feels like it's completely crumbling. (laughs) Yeah. I have enough awareness to know, okay, some great stuff is coming. Just be with it. Just let it happen. Be on the floor, fall apart, cry. It's okay. Because there's some (laughs) glory over there, girl. Have you yes. gotten to that point? <laughs> I've gotten there now. I've gotten there now, but I, before I was not emotionally aware. Oh. I was just, I was the girl who I literally was like, I have great emotional management. I never let anything take me down. I pull up my bootstraps and I move forward. Like that's a problem. Our feelings have information. The fact that you're feeling out of alignment, there's something your body is trying to tell you. You're, the fact that you're feeling exhausted, your soul is saying, I'm tired. And so before for my hustlers who have not yet embraced their emotions, just know your body is going to get your attention in a whisper, in a brick thrown at your house, or it's going to burn the whole thing down. And so it's your choice how quickly you listen to what that information is telling you. And so Kelly, my um, business manager, I'll, I'll be like, it's one of those days. I think I just need to cry. I think I just, you know, like I think. And to give myself permission that I can say, sometimes this shit is hard. Sometimes I don't want to, sometimes I don't have it today. And to give myself space to like do that immediately, I'm pivoting back in because I got what I needed. The problem is we're not giving ourselves what we need. We're trying to resist that and like push through and our body and our feelings and spirit inside of us has a job to do. And it's going to do it until we listen. (laughs) I love that you bring this up because I, as you know, am in a season of exhaustion and canceling Mm -hmm. things because it's just, it's not the time. It's just not the time. And Mm -hmm. so I scaled back a ton and I am just taking all the trips. I leave for Tulum tomorrow and I'm just like nourishing myself. And funny enough, we were in Moab last week and we booked two huge clients as podcast clients while I'm in the middle of the desert completely detached from everything going on. And I was like, okay, universe, I hear you. And we didn't Mm -hmm. go after them. We didn't have to try. They came to us and it just happened. And that those kinds of moments are such lessons for me 
to scale back and to listen because my body is tired. It's like, we cannot sustain this anymore. You need to rest. You need to be out of office. You need to do whatever it is you need to do. Bath time, all the things. And I am finding that it's difficult for me in those moments to honor myself. I was at a horse retreat a couple of weeks ago and it took me two days to calm down and get my nervous system into a state of relaxation. Cause I'm riding this damn horse in Southern Colorado and it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. This email, then I got to do this. And I'm having this conversation in my head, like Kelly, you're on a horse. It's beautiful. What are you doing? And then the other part of me is like, you shouldn't take a break. It's not okay. What are you doing? And it's just this battle. And I think so many of us experience this. And yet the lesson is that there is so much space and peace created when we just listen to what we need. And you're right. It's when we're not giving ourselves what we need that things go haywire and we lose track of what it is we truly want. But you want to know what's interesting. I don't know if this happened to you, but I almost felt at one point that I was so driven that I wanted to escape everything. And I thought, I just need to be a girl who lives in the desert and doesn't wear makeup and, you know, does these like just is one with nature and I need none of these things. Right. So I think that I thought that was the answer. Right. The truth is there are seasons. There are seasons for creativeness. There are seasons for these downloads. There are seasons for these energetic flows. And then there are seasons where you're your body, the universe, God is trying to say, I need you to hear me. I need on the other side, you and I both know on the other side of these seasons of rest and listening and quiet are, are these beautiful epiphanies that come that were these next seasons you were supposed to step into. And you had to shed all the noise that was happening, but you don't have to live one existence in like, in order to have peace, you don't have to not be an entrepreneur, right? You don't have to live simply in order to live fully, right? Or to not miss what's happening in front of you. I think giving ourselves permission that like, hell, you're in a season and you're doing the right thing, which is slowing the freak down and listening to it, right? And being there so that you can receive what it is you're supposed to learn or hear or receive. And then there's going to be a season of an outpour because you were filled back up and I think it's really the integration of both. Like Kelly, let's just be honest. There will never be you without contributing something to this world. You are a creator. It's who you are. So it's give, you are not broken because you need space. This is what you do to refill up again. You, you aren't, you know, broken because you're exhausted. What your exhaustion is is your body saying, Hey babe, we've got a new thing to do. And I need you to get quiet so you can hear this download completely so that you can be re-energized into this next phase of your life. Like I think sometimes we have this story we tell around that dynamic of like, I'm burning out. I'm waking up. It's like we get to create the meaning we attach to our lives. Like you are, you are not escaping anything. You're getting clear every day, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're taking off everything that's not supposed to be you for this next new season. So I just think we have the power to tell the stories we want to and create the meaning we want to attach around the hard or beautiful um, things that are happening in our life. And that shapes the energy and perspective we see it all in. 
I feel like I should pay you for a coaching session right now. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell people I have the podcast selfishly so I can get free coaching and... (laughs) Listen, I listen to yours just for the same thing too. I'm like, okay, let's learn today. Kelly I love you. Just a quick interruption of this amazing conversation with my girl, Kelly. I just love that she has my name. It makes me happy. Or I have hers. Actually, let's be serious. Um, I want to tell you how I'm nourishing myself. So I have been having some intense periods over the last few months. And so I upped my harmony intake from Organifi and my last period was not bad at all. I didn't have a night where I was up all night. I didn't have any crazy cramping. I felt a little psycho for about three hours, but that's the extent of it. And for me, that was a win. I'm not saying that this is going to cure your problems or fix you. You are not broken. You do not need to be fixed as a reminder. But what I will say is that what we put in our bodies and on our bodies matters. When it comes to hormones, these things are so important. If you are not giving your body incredibly nourishing foods and supplements and resting and taking care of yourself you're going to suffer. I mean, that is just the fucking truth. So I decided I didn't want so much suffering. I didn't want to feel so tired. I didn't want to feel so much pain. And I have been adding in harmony every single day. I love it in the morning or at night. doesn't matter. It's like whenever I'm feeling it, Whenever I want something frothy with coconut butter in it, I make this just like I make my chocolate gold. I know. I know. You miss the chocolate gold. I miss it too. I have a bone to pick with Organifi for making it seasonal, but I love them so much that I can't even be mad at them. It feels unfair. So the harmony is perfect. And it also addresses hormone stuff and PMS and is incredibly potent. So I'm going to give them a fucking hall pass on this one. And I highly recommend you try it out. You know, I love all their stuff. I am a shake girl every day now. I committed to myself. So I'm on that vanilla protein from Organifi Grind. And it is so good. I'm getting my calories and my protein in. And that just is everything for me. So if you want to try this out and stop suffering, because fuck that noise, go to Organifi.com. Use the code Kelly T. You'll get 20% off of everything. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Kelly T, 20% off. Okay, I need to talk to you about something. Are you thirsty? And not thirsty in the good way, because I'm definitely thirsty. Y'all know that. Um, But I'm hydrated now, thanks to Element. Praise be. Because Element is the best fucking electrolyte drink that you could possibly get. Why? Because it doesn't have a bunch of bullshit inside of it. It doesn't have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring and all this unhealthy crap that no one needs. But yet some, for some reason, brands think, well, let's just add that in. Let's get them addicted to this. Let's make them sicker so then we can come fix it. I just don't understand. Element doesn't do that. They're clean as fuck. They are real as fuck. And they make me feel amazing. Connor and I do not miss a day of element. I am not joking you. When we go through this stuff, 
like crazy. I brought a bunch to Tulum. The girls and I were all drinking this while it was 90 degrees outside with 90% humidity. It is a game changer. And when you're flying, yes, need. If you're sweating, if you're fasting, if you have carb cravings, if you're doing keto, if you live at altitude like me and feel incredibly out of shape wherever you walk, all the things. It is so, so helpful. I'm obsessed with all the flavors, the citrus and the habanero and the watermelon. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, They're all so good. I just, yes, yes. I will just keep saying yes. Go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. That's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T. And you will get an eight pack sampler of Element for the price of just shipping, which is five bucks inside the United States. Enjoy. Be thirsty, but in a good way. And then stay hydrated in a good way. (laughs) Okay, bye. Something I struggled with so much was taking responsibility for my life and knowing that I'm creating my life um, and really acknowledging that and having that honest conversation with myself. What has your relationship been with with responsibility in your life? Holy cow. Um, I've always been a leader, always been a dreamer, an entrepreneur. Um, So I would have always assumed that I was acting that way. And it was not until this beautiful breakdown in my life that I had enough awareness to accept that I needed to be responsible for my life instead of a responder. I needed to start saying, I'm not going to wait for my husband to love me the way I want to. I'm going to create the life that I want. I'm going to ask for what I need. I'm not going to play these patterned games. There's a book called The Dance of Anger that talks about how in all of our relationships, whether work or family or, um, you know, the people that you love that you're in like a relationship with, you're all in a dance. And it isn't until you step out of the pattern and the dance that you've been in, you have to be the one to step out, right? Like I kept waiting for my world to change for me so that my circumstances could allow me to have the things that I want. I'm like, well, if the company would change or if my husband would change or if you know, the kids would be quiet or whatever it was. And it was like, my destiny is based on my decisions. Everything I want, everything I have is literally in response to the choices I've created in my life. So I had to have that awareness was that the lack of connection with myself, my fault, right? The finance issues in my business, my fault, right? If my husband's not giving me what I need in our relationship, my fault for not communicating. I had to realize no people only treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And Mm, so it was this, right. This personal responsibility. So like Kelly, if I want a loving relationship, I've got to define what that looks like and go get it. Right. I, if I want love and space and to get to go to Tulum, I've got to create that space in my life. So I think there are a lot of people who don't even realize that they're not taking personal responsibility for their lives. And they are doing a lot of waiting for life to shift, right? When the pandemic changes, right? When the economy changes, with the next president, with the next, when, when women are able to do, are we all going to keep waiting? 
how do we think the future changes? It's by individual humans changing their personal realities. That's how the whole thing changes together. And so, although we can't affect everybody else, Kelly, well, I have a passion for it. It really is personal responsibility because I watch so many women die out, like burn out with these stories of how their life has to be because it's all how it's been based on who they have to be in order to show up in their lives to be accepted and approved and all of these things when they've always had the availability to change. What they needed to do was have enough self-awareness to say like, girl, you're not happy because of you, right? You don't know what God wants for your life because you don't sit with him long enough. Your body is overweight and uncomfortable because of the choices you're making with your food. Like all of that is personal responsibility. And we have so much more control over our lives than we think. So once I realized that, it, I mean, there's a book I read called Chasing Cupcakes by Elizabeth Benton. And I talk about her all the time because it was like my first wake up call to the fact that my choices create my reality. And like, I have no one to blame or to hope for other than myself. And if I want to change the way that I live, I have to change the way that I think and the choices that I make. So personal responsibility, once you, once you recognize that and you just go, Oh God, I don't have to keep waiting anymore. You just have to stay in relationship with yourself to keep being aware of like, what's the real choices I'm making? And are they aligned with the version I say I want? Because that's, that's, I don't know about you, but that's where I feel like I get the most frustrated when I'm like, I know better. Why am I not doing better? Oh, girl. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, this is stupid. I know, better. <laughs> you know, like, why am I doing this again? We keep repeating. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it, we keep repeating so we can learn the lesson. And part of it is because there's little pieces of us that either believe we're not ready or we're not worthy or we don't deserve it. And we get so accustomed to pain and suffering and that becomes yeah. the norm for us. And so we recreate these dynamics to yeah. confirm those experiences and that comfort level. And it's, it's the moments for me, at least when I have decided, no, suffering isn't my norm. And mm -hmm. I, I choose not to do this. I had this mm -hmm. experience the other day, <laughs> Connor and I got into it because I had this meltdown about this girl because I felt bad about myself mm. around her and she's mm -hmm. so beautiful and successful and fun and playful and all these things. And I'm having this meltdown comparing myself to her. Mm -hmm. And he finally, he like yelled at me and Connor doesn't yell at me. <laughs> he yells like into the air, but like not at me. And I was like, this is interesting. And I walked downstairs and I'm in a huff and a puff and I'm storming downstairs and I was so upset. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? I am literally mm -hmm. creating this experience. This poor girl would be probably beside herself so sad that I am having a meltdown crying, stomping down the stairs because yeah. I feel bad about myself because of her. Mm -hmm. Then I go spend time with her and she's so lovely and so sweet. <laughs> and we had the best time and such a sister. And I'm sitting there thinking if she only knew what I was doing an hour ago, mm -hmm. having a meltdown. And it's that suffering and it's that comparison and that not good enough feeling that I have become so accustomed to in my life that I'm like, oh, well, let me just do that because that's my pattern and I'll just mm -hmm. keep doing that. And I decided in that yeah. moment, I am not doing this anymore. I choose to have mm -hmm. a different experience here. 
who she is doesn't take away from me. Who I am doesn't mm-hmm. take away from her. I'm not playing this fucking game. Yeah. So interesting when we make that choice. And I know I am responsible for myself in this moment. This literally has nothing to do with this poor girl. Yeah. Uh, do you have a gratitude practice? I wouldn't say a, a practice when I journal, I journal my gratitude. Um, but no, tell me more. Well, call me out, Kel. Listen, I will, because one of the, when you're saying that one of the things that shifted for me was it is so easy for us to measure up other people's lives, to get in those, those turmoils that literally we're creating drama that doesn't exist. Like that was no one's fault other than our own. Right. And so one of the ways that I have dropped the drama, dropped the low energy, dropped the stories and narratives was a gratitude practice. So every morning I just write, you know, three to five things in the last 24 hours that I'm grateful for. And they have to be detailed little things like, I'm so grateful for yesterday when the window was rolled down on my forerunner and my daughter had the wind blowing in her hair and she's singing high hope (laughs) at the top of her lungs. And I saw her free spirit. And I was just like, thank you for that moment. Kelly, no like amount comment saves dollars in the bank can take away that moment. I think we miss the fulfillment in our lives because they're blips on our radar. And I think when we start to get in a practice with being grateful for things that happen in the last 24 hours, like I'll be grateful for our conversation. Like, dang, I'm so thankful for friends like Kelly who are so different than me and that we can have real and meaningful conversations. And that like, I can't even believe that I'm in this place in my life because a year ago, I would have never even imagined this. Like when I sit with that long enough, it makes my day, my life so full that I'm not lacking anything anymore. So some of my greatest confidence has come from the fact that I have recognized I am full and complete already. I am lacking in nothing. It's actually one of my affirmations I say all the time. Like I say, ask myself, Kelly, if you were full and complete, lacking in nothing, how would you show up today? Right? I would love my, my, my man abundantly. I wouldn't need him to do anything for me to feel loved because I already am loved, right? Like if I was full and complete and lacking in nothing, how would I show up in business? Man, I, I wouldn't need someone to join just for me to feel like it was worth putting myself out there, right? Like it, this gratitude and full and complete perspective I just don't know. I I think I watch so many people thinking other people have something they don't yet have, or they know some secret to fulfillment that others don't have. But when I am grateful for the things that happened today, it's just like, well, damn, this was a good day. I, I was, I laughed. I was connected with life. I contributed. Sounds like a pretty great day. Like, then I stop waiting to arrive at happy, waiting to arrive at good enough. It's just like today mattered. It counted. And I only feel like we have that when we have a practice with reflecting on that. Mm, I love that so much. Thank you for that. Yeah. Cause like, even in that moment with, with Connor, if, if, if later that night you were to reflect on it, you'd be like, man, he loved me before, after, and during my drama. I'm uh-huh. thankful for that. You yep. know, like yeah. it just makes it, you feel safer in your own life. 
Yeah, I went to him after I had this realization about how silly I was being. And I was like, thank you so much for yelling at me. I really needed that. I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, you're welcome. You're so dumb. Go away. <laughs> I said that to Josh the other day. I was like, do you know anybody else as complex as me? He was like, does that mean difficult? And I was like, uh, complex is how I chose to have a narrative around that. Oh, my God. We're layered. Like, oh. Okay. Literally. <laughs> In all um, the ways. Yeah. I do want to talk about you and your husband a little bit yeah. because you guys have such a sweet love story. Um, <laughs> you've been married since you were five. So it's so cute. You know, um, baby. <laughs> you just tell me more about what this relationship has been like, because when you're with someone from such a young age, I mean, you change so much and then you add kids oh into gosh. the mix and you have you know, you have this beautiful self-awareness and you're teaching others about this. I don't really know anything about him. So how have you guys... Yeah navigated this oh man okay so for anyone who's not seeing this video version of this um or doesn't know me yet um i am a white untattooed woman <laughs> and my husband has a mullet and a goatee and i know he's a beard right now he's fully covered in sleeves he's six foot five i mean he wears jerseys every single day like people when we walk by there, they're like, oh, oh, you two are together. Like they don't, they're like, oh, that's so interesting. We are for sure opposites attract. Um, I mean, I think we, we met when we were kids. Uh, we started dating at 14 and 15. Um, we broke up in college, dated other people, got back together. Um, he's my freaking soulmate. He drives me mad crazy because he is my opposite. But he, it's just so interesting to grow with each other. Cause one of, one of the things I talked about earlier and like fulfillment and satisfaction, I was so achievement driven for so long, this destination mentality. I was like, when I finally get here, then Josh and I will be so, so happy. And I realized he was going like, Hey, we're getting tired of waiting for you. Like we want you like stop trying to achieve. And I kept being like, if he would just be more supportive of my business, we could be happy. It, that was like our story for, for a good season. And I realized I have a mantra that says, act the way you want to feel. Mm. And so I stopped waiting for Josh to go first, to be patient with me first, to love me first, to whatever. And I started saying, I have personal responsibility to act the way I want to feel. So when his frying pan is still in the sink and I it. I'm like, literally, why does it need to soak for 12 hours? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you're driving me crazy. But instead of being annoyed at that and making him pay for it later, when I see it, I'm just like, act the way I want to feel. How do I want to feel? I want to feel like we're crazy about each other and that I love him and that he's my best friend. And what would that look like if I acted like that? And so it's a practice. Don't get me wrong. Like I, we, I think we argued last night. Like, I mean, it just happens. It's a part of the dynamic of growing and changing with each other. But for me, I've taken my own personal responsibility in that I love being with someone who's different than me because he sees the world so different than me. I mean, I am like by nature, very afraid, very cautious, very achievement driven. He doesn't even own a piece of social media. Like he, if he could go off the grid, like Ron Swanson on Parks oh and Rec, like he would. Like, he's like, please, people don't know my name. Like we are opposites, but he keeps me so grounded. He loves me for me. Like the dynamic between us is that we give each other permission to be ourselves. 
And when we started doing that, like, Hey, you get to like, like I, like I ponytail my husband's hair. I never imagined that. Like, it's just so funny. Like I do these things. I'm like, I I didn't imagine this for myself. (laughs) You know, like it's like, I'm like, you know, tying up his little rat tail and Mm. he's, he's so different than me, but I've decided that it was, it's not this thing that I have to oppose. It's something I can be with full and complete. And when we stopped trying to change each other and just try to know each other and choose each other, um, it, it just made our dynamic so different. I mean, we've grown in lots of phases. I'm sure you know that. I mean, there's lots of phases of relationships, but I think when we just keep choosing each other and wanting to know what makes the other person happy and trying to align to that, it's just made growing with each other fun. Mm. I have to know, do you clean the pan or do you leave it there and wait for him oh, to do God, it? Oh, God, that's a great Asking question. for a friend. Asking for a friend. Well, <laughs> I, so to say that, usually I leave it. But then recently he's been like, you see my stuff in the sink and you literally clean everything else around it. I'm like, that is on purpose. Uh-huh. Like, I don't want to clean your thing. I am not your mother. No. Thank you very no. much. <laughs> and, and you've reminded me of that. Yeah. So I've stopped deciding to act like a mom. <laughs> Yeah, I struggle the pan thing and the laundry thing. I really struggle yeah. with because, um, and it's so fun. We've gotten into so many arguments about this. It is unbelievable. <laughs> but it's like he doesn't see things. I yeah. have eyes in the back of my head and everywhere else on my body, and I can't miss a thing. And yeah. he only sees forward and probably has like something beneath his eyes and above his eyes and on both sides <laughs> so that he can't see anything else. So it doesn't matter if the trash is out by the door ready to be taken out or the laundry is sitting there, like needs to be put away. It's like, don't see it. Don't see it for days. And I finally oh, got to a point where I'm like, I mean, he's definitely gotten better and I'm so grateful. Um, but I've gotten to a point where I'm like, why is this bothering you? I had to have a conversation with myself. I'm like, why are you so upset about this thing? And it's like, I live a certain way and I have expectations and things need to be clean. And I'm far more neurotic than him. And he has a certain way of living. And I just had to get to a point where I accept it. I accept that he doesn't care about these things. They're not priorities for him. They don't upset him at all. It's just like, it's whatever it'll get done when it gets done. And I am different. And so it's learning to accept the way the other person lives and also being respectful. And so we've kind of find, found this happy medium. But Lord, help me. The first oh year and a half, I wanted to strangle him. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Josh, still, it's like my immediate like default response is like, what is wrong with you? And why don't you love me? Yes, I, have said exactly. these things. Like, <laughs> I have made it clear that this pan bothers me. And here it is again. And he's like, you know, the drama, although he, I've got my things for him too. Of course. And you know, it's just getting that dynamic of being like, Hey, this thing matters to me and, or hi, this is my space and you can't do it here. Like, you know, there's some negotiable things. And then there's some that's just like, you have to listen to me and respect. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. I want to ask, I don't know where he is in terms of like development. And if you guys are similar in that way, if he's like Mm. reading books and doing podcasts and all of that, But one of the questions I get a lot, especially from my community is, you know, these women, they're, they're on the path, they're having their awakening, they're doing their work and their partner isn't, and maybe their partner's super resistant, or maybe their partner's just not aware and like, doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. But how, what does that look like for you? And and what kind of advice would you give that woman? 
oh my gosh, we should just have a whole nother class on this because we've been together so long. Um, my husband literally will see like motivational quotes and be like, look at that. Like that is such crap. (laughs) And, and, and I'm like, you know what I do for a living, right? Like, do you understand that this is literally how I pay our bills? Like that I say things like that oh, to help God. people and shift them. So to answer your question, he is not into personal development at all. He reads books when and if he ever feels inspired, that's like once a year. Like, I think the last book he read was a Rick Ross autobiography. Like it has nothing to do with anything other than like, the things he's interested in. And for a long time, that bothered me because I saw in my vision, these power couples of people who are personally growing together. And I thought, I always thought, how will we ever end up at the same place together if we're not headed in the same direction to want to grow in that way? Like it really scared me for my marriage. Um, if we don't both want to grow, how can I grow enough for the both of us? Mm-hmm. And I was afraid at one point, what if I outgrow him? Like, what if he stays still and I want to keep going? And that was like a big fear for me. And the truth is one of the things that shifted was I finally, I'll never forget the day sitting on the bed with him and having a conversation and admitting that to him. I was like, I need to say something to you. And I've just never said this, but I was like, this is not a fight. This is a real fear. And I need you to hear me. And I said, I'm so afraid we're not going to end up together. I'm so vision focused. And I'm always thinking one year, five years, 10 years in the future. And I have no idea where you want to go and where you want to end up. And that scares me. Mm. It scares me that I'm trying to intentionally change my life. And I don't know what you want or if you're going to, where you even want to end up. And And what I shared was, it scares me the most because I want to end up with you. Like you are the love of my life. I want to make sure I'm not going anywhere that keeps me from you. And I think he needed to hear that from me because my, my achiever in me has been a point of like conflict for us because he's like, you're always got somewhere to go and some, something to do and, you know, someone to become, and he's pretty content. And so I had to just know that I was safe to say that with him and to say, can we have some real conversations around, around what we want together? Because I feel insecure. I was like, Josh, I literally feel unsafe in our future because I don't know what you want. And how can we create a life together if it's not together? And I'll be honest, we've had like maybe a handful of those like more intentional conversations. And it was all I ever needed to feel like I could keep being me and he could keep being him and that he could hold space for the fact that I'm always going to be growing. I remember one time he said to me, he was like, you're different than you used to be. Like you've changed. And I was like, but babe, can we be honest? I've always been changing. Like, this is who I am. Tell me a time that I wasn't ever trying to outgrow the last version of me. And he was like, actually, you're right. I said, the point is that I don't want to change away from you. I, but I'm going to keep changing. And I think he needed to know that I was okay with him being who he was and that he'll step into the things he wants when he wants it. I needed to know from him that I could talk to him about some of that stuff that I was allowed to ask him questions because I think before I was forcing my personal growth on him and he was just like, 
I'm never going to be your boy who's building a business with you. Like, I don't want to. And I think that worked for us that we were honest about, we want to end up together. What would that look like? What do we want together? But I stopped needing him to be, uh, you know, a Tony Robbins fan or anything else, you know, which is funny because we, uh, we're talking about doing the hard 75. What's that? Oh my gosh. So it's this, it's this mental, um, oh gosh, what is it called? It's like a mental fitness challenge. And it's where you work out 75 days in a row, two times a day, oh, 45 minutes. I know. Listen, you read 10 pages of a book every single day. Um, you drink a gallon of water. And we were just talking about this. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll do it with you. And I was like, you'll do the whole thing. And he was like, oh no, I'm not reading. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not the challenge. Then he was like, babe, if you want me to do it with you, like I'll do the parts that I want. Like he's just like that. And so I have to be okay that if he doesn't do it all the way, it's okay. Cause he doesn't want to read the book. Yeah. You know, I, it sounds like we have very similar relationships with it, which I find <laughs> is hilarious. Um, our guys also kind of look alike and Connor's growing his hair out. So Love I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing buns and shit very soon. <laughs> um, but that was the turning point for me was stop. I needed to stop trying to make Connor be on my path and my timeline mm-hmm. and my time frame. Like, mm-hmm. why don't, why haven't you figured this part out? Like I figured that out in a week. Why is it taking you so long? Why haven't you made this decision? Why can't you do it that way? Why don't you process like me? Why aren't you journaling like I do? And when I let go of that, I started to notice how much he had changed, but he doesn't change like me. Yep. I was like, oh, like he's a different person, but he doesn't verbalize. Mm -hmm. See how I'm different now? (laughs) Or like doesn't need to process it along the way out loud. I talk everything out loud. I have to like Mm -hmm. I have to get it verbally out of my body. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. He just shows up differently the next day. Like he just takes the trash out without me saying a word. And then it just keeps happening. And I was like, what? But we didn't talk about this. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's not how he processes. Yep. It's amazing. Well, and all of a sudden, I bet when you gave him the space to be himself, like there's that law of polarity that when something comes that is polar opposite, it, it will be met with resistance. So when I was trying to change Josh, of course he was going to resist. So everything that was around these amazing things that I wanted to embody, he was going, well, I'm resisting all of it because you're trying to push it on me. Yes. And when I just started allowing him to be who he is, but also to ask for permission to be myself, like something that is important to me is just like you, Kelly, I need to talk things out. And sometimes I need you to answer some questions so I feel safe. But no, we, you're right, babe. We don't have to talk about this for two hours. He's like, <laughs> he'll sit up and be like, is this going to be a long one? <laughs> like, should I, like, like, he'll literally like pick up his video games and be like, do, do I need to turn this off? And I'm like, yeah, like, don't just mute yourself. I need oh. to have a whole conversation right now. But it's, oh, that's God. me. And so I need him to know sometimes I just need that from him. And then the other nights I'm like, okay, bye. I'm all good. So same with him. I needed to give him the same permission that I was begging from myself, which is please just let me be me. Right. And he needed the same. Oh my gosh. It's so funny this morning too. I was, I told you earlier, I was really struggling and he was like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I can't, I don't know how to fix this. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I just need a yeah. hug. And he's like, a hug's yeah. not going to fix this. And I was like, babe, this isn't fixable. I need a hug. Like 
that's what's going to make me feel better. And so he like reluctantly gets off the couch and comes over and holds me and he's hugging me. And I like immediately relaxed and I felt so much better after. And to him, he's like, that was the dumbest thing of all time. Why do you need a hug right now? Because that's just not how he processes. He needs space. He doesn't want to be touched. I have to leave at least, you know, we're in freaking quarantine in our own house, keeping six feet apart, even outside of a pandemic. So I'm just like... I need a damn hug and that's going to make me feel better. Literally. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> the same thing for me. Like, but even asking yourself, what is it that I need? Cause sometimes I'll act and I'll literally try to push him away. Cause I want him to feel the pain that I'm feeling somehow when the truth is, I wish you would just hold me. Yes. Like actually all I need is the safety that I feel from like us just being together. It just helps me know that I feel safe. And so hell, you're navigating like so many things that are happening in your heart and in your head. And what you're craving is safety. And a hug can give us that. Like, I think we really underestimate the power of that physical touch, even, even down to just a hug like that. And same with Josh, like he needs space. He's the exact same. He's just like, no, I went to the other room for a reason because I need to be alone (laughs) before I do something that I'm going to regret. And for me, I've had to learn to be with my own feelings enough to ask for what I need. Cause a lot of times it's a hug and that's like literally all I needed. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not self-aware enough to know that I like create fires. Yes. Right. And then later I'm like, he's like, why are you mad at me? I'm like, I have no idea, but you're right. I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what it is. So just being self-aware enough to be like, you're allowed to ask for what you need. And it's okay if it's different than what they want or need. Like when you love each other, you support each other based on what they need, not what you need. Yes. A hundred percent. So you and I connected a couple months ago and we talked a lot about you leaving network marketing and what that felt like. And I want to dive into that a little bit because, you know, I talk a lot about sisterhood on this show and female friendships. So many women have experienced bullying from other women throughout their lives and have felt like they're not accepted and they're not good enough and the comparison game. And, um, they don't fit in. And you had an interesting experience when you left that because you basically lost all these women that Mm -hmm. you felt really close to and you felt really safe with. What did that feel like? And how have you cultivated female friendships and community since that point? And did it change anything for you? Oh my gosh, it changed my whole life. Um, so like I said, I'd been building that business for 10 years and I started my business when I was 22. So that was my whole adult identity. I was out of college, became a newlywed, became a mom, became a business owner, all with this culture um, and set of friends and identity there. And um, I see this a lot with network marketing, but I think it can be anywhere. This idea of group think that when, when people are so immersed and tight with each other, they think anyone who does not agree is an outsider and should be banned. And so I think this happens with religion and, you know, with politics and, and it definitely happened in my network marketing business that I was adored, you know, quotation marks, adored and admired by, and a leader and loved. And then the minute I left, people said, don't work with her. Don't talk to her. She left us. and that was really hard. It was honestly my biggest fear because I am a recovering people pleaser. And the thought of not being liked 
and being misunderstood because Kel, as well as you know me right now, like I'm one of the nicest people. <laughs> like, so to be misunderstood was so hard for me and to lose what, you know, felt like thousands of friends um, was really hard. And to get some bullying on the other side of that, like, who does she think she is? You know, all of that was challenging. But what it taught me, it taught me more about who I want to be and who I don't want to be moving Mm -hmm. forward, especially in a network marketing business, but in business in general, you know, we're always growing. And I wanted to moving forward in my business. I was like, one of the things that makes me most excited about where I am is I don't want anyone to have to be something for me. Like, Kelly, I wanted to meet you whether we ever connected on a podcast or not, because you're a human and you matter. And I just never wanted that, that feeling or to make someone else feel that you had to be someone to be important to me. Mm. Cause I think for women, we are so used to walking into rooms and, and bending to fit. How do I fit? How do I need to act here? What do we look like here so that I can love and belong? And when I decided to create a business that was all on my own, I said, what would it look and feel like? And I said, it will feel like anyone is welcome. They will not have to be or do something in order to matter to me. There's no like, oh, you invested this much. And so you matter more. It's like, what in the world is that dynamic that we would treat people like there's this hierarchy of mattering. And so for me, um, man, the bullies and the, the people who have hurt me, again, I I said earlier, but we create the meaning we attach to our lives. And I just decided that I was not going to sit in suffering because I was hurt. I was going to learn my lesson quick and I was going to pivot and create a life that, um, that was moving exclusively forward. So I, a lot of people, they hold on to the pain. And I, I knew, I don't know how I had this wisdom at the time, but I knew whatever you talk about expands, mm. whatever you focus on expands. And so I was like, I'm not going to give more time, energy, space, or words to the pain that I'm feeling inside. I'm only going to put my time, energy, space, and focus into creating what I wish was my reality. And because of that, I've created a girl gang of women who go, I have permission to be anything I want to be and change a million times. And I have permission to love myself in progress that I don't have to do or be in order to fit here. And um, that's been really exciting to create because my programs are every product or, um, you know, coaching resource I've created. It has always been with this underlying message of you're allowed to change. Mm because I felt like I was not allowed to change. And because of that, it's been a part of my mission moving forward. Like I want to help women always know that they are allowed to be curious. They're allowed to be courageous. They're allowed to question, you know, what they believed in change moving forward. And so I thank the haters. (laughs) I thank them for what they taught me. Um, And one of what I'm most proud of is I didn't let them rob me of my future. They had my past, they don't have my future. And so I didn't give them much time and energy. I just let it fuel me to create something that felt like I was saving a lot of other women from the pain I had experienced. 
And when you come back to personal responsibility, you chose to leave this company and create your own thing, leaving behind all of these people, not necessarily knowing what their response was going to be, mm-hmm. but you got to learn this really powerful lesson that you now get to help yeah. so many women because of it. Had you not mm-hmm. experienced that, you would be different today. You wouldn't oh necessarily know that pain. And when you know that pain, you're able to help that, those types of people in that pain because you have felt it yourself. I, mm-hmm. I so believe that people are so scared to take responsibility for stuff like that because it's like, well, but I didn't like actually choose for all these people to leave me. And I'm like, well, it's fine. However you want to phrase it, but you chose an experience and now you get to use that in such a beautiful way. And had you not, you wouldn't have the, uh, the context or the experience to teach from a place of knowing you would be just talking about a thing like, oh, well, yeah, you know, people may not want to be your friend anymore if you grow up or grow beyond them. Mm-hmm. And now you get to teach from that space. I think that's so powerful. And if we can really take responsibility for those moments and that energy, it makes us more powerful and more dynamic and it extends our reach where our capacity to hold for more people just grows yeah. and grows because of it. Kel, I would not be on your podcast today. We would not have a conversation worth talking about because I was not creating a life worth talking about. I was in my box, again, it's not that I wasn't happy there, but good is the enemy of great. And I started getting uncomfortable in my life because I, it was time to expand again. And it wasn't, I wouldn't have a mission and a message if I wasn't someone who got enough curiosity and courage to say, I think I want something more and I'm going to go after it. And because of that, this whole new chapter in my life happened in these hard things and circumstances. But again, it has grown my ability to be a leader, to speak in confidence, to um, empower other women to shift their lives. So for the women who are afraid to take risks, like listen to me, your fruit is on the other side of you listening to what you need to do. Yes. Will it be scary? Will you be met with your own limitations? Like, hell yes. It was hard. It, you're in hard right now, Kel, right? Like it's just challenging. And I, I say this a lot. I'm like, this is stupid and annoying and I don't want to go through it. But I <laughs> always know on the other side comes the strength that I needed to be the leader at my next dimension, to be this next version of myself who can do bigger and better, more meaningful, clear and powerful focused things. So I, I think there's a lot of fear around dealing with hard stuff. And again, I am someone who's recovering from fear that felt like paralysis. Like I was just like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to handle these hard things. And there's this exercise that I took myself through that was, if you take yourself to the bottom of your fear. So it's called the what if. So Mm. I was like, what if I leave? Like, Okay, what if? Well, What if I leave all my friends and I lose everything? And what if I invest this money into my business? And what if it doesn't make it? What if I put myself out there and no one wants me to be their coach and no one wants to learn from me? I'm like, okay, well, what if hell? What's the worst case that would happen? Well, I'd have to move in with my parents and probably have to get a job at like a yoga studio or, you know, like I take myself to the bottom of my fear because I think fear is so big because it is untamed. So the minute we define it, we actually are claiming it like, well, there it is in this tangible form. That's the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And so then I asked myself, okay, what if that happened? Then what? Well, then I'd find out who my real friends are. 
Well, then I'd find out what I'm capable of handling. Well, then I, I would find, I would become this like resilient mother that I want to embody in front of my kids, right? Like, I think sometimes fear is so big because we haven't made it tangible. And if we just like wrap our heads around it and go, okay, well, what would you do then? You realize you'll make it on the other side of whatever that risk and fear is. Mm-hmm. And it becomes less scary when you go, okay, I wait, I think I'll actually make it. So it's probably worth going for. Damn girl. That was good. <laughs> that was so good. I want to listen back to that over and over again. <laughs> you are magical. I adore you. Love you. Thank you so you right much. Back. I thank you so much. Always. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing. I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.